You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Rodgers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone, it is caught for the win! Pressure, pass is picked off, and who is it? Big B.J. Raji for the touchdown! We are here with another episode of the Pax What She Said podcast. You should have seen Perry's face just now. I I did it on the fly. I changed it up. We're going to change up the intro every week, if I remember. I know we're feeling bold. Um, but, of course, I am Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. And on deck this week, we have Sunday Night Football, the greatest rivalry in all of sports, Packers-Bears. The 201st matchup between the two franchises. If the Packers win this one, they will win 100 games against the Bears. It will be only the second. Yeah, it's matchup uh, win number 100 for Green Bay at stake here. It's a 99-95-6 in the all-time series. This is a historic game that we're about to watch. Yeah, this would be the second team that Green Bay has 100 wins against. The first would be the Lions, who they have beat 103 times. Well, what a franchise we root for. What a a franchise. franchise. Obviously, there's a lot at stake this game. You know, the Packers dropped on against the Colts. Felt like a very winnable game, but we kind of talked about this on Happy Hour. You talked about it a little on Pack-A-Day. I feel better about this football team after the loss to the Colts than I did after the win against the Jaguars. So I do think that they're moving in the right direction, and I know that you smile every time I say Jaguar, but here here we are. so, yeah, let's let's talk about this matchup. It's going to be historic for a number of reasons. Um, Aaron Rodgers set to hit 50,000 career yards. We talked about it last week on the show. Um, lots of good stuff coming Sunday night. So I guess let's kick things off then with who would be your Packers player to watch on offense this week? It's the one. It's the only. It's the <laughs> GOAT. Yeah, it's Aaron Rodgers um, for a number of reasons, not just because of you know what this will mean for his career um, and how much it will solidify him even further into being one of the greatest to ever play the game as only the 11th who will hit 50,000 career passing yards, which is just an unbelievable feat, to be quite honest. And the list of quarterbacks who he's going to be in company with is they're, they're the best to ever do it. And so I think that's, that's historic in and of itself. But I, I think as well, the last two games have not been, while he's played well, um, they have not really been to his level of par uh, playing. You know, he's had a pick in each of the last two games. They've gone, had a couple of pretty bad three and outs. Um, and so I think that this is going to be a game where he's going to get set against what he considers to be. And I think is fair to say a very good, very respectable defense, um, but also a rivalry in which warrants playing 
uh, at the highest level. And, and he on the Pat McAfee show on Tuesday, uh, talked about, you know, how there's been so many fun ones against the bears in his career so far. And that he really hopes that this one will be another one of those sort of historic matchups for all the reasons that we've discussed, but also because, it's a divisional game, one where they desperately need to win, no matter the Bears' record. Divisional games are always wonky. And so I fully expect Aaron Rodgers to be at the the height of what we know that he can do on Sunday night. And Aaron Rodgers in primetime, man, I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, no, I agree. Aaron Rodgers is obviously the player to watch. And I think for me, I'm going to say MVS. And it's not because I think he needs a bounce back. I think that as a professional, you know, that was the first fumble of his entire career. Um, He's never even fumbled the ball, let alone given up a fumble. So I think that obviously it came at the wrong time and cost the backers a potential shot at winning, but there were a number of key moments in that game that got away from the Packers. So I want to see him bounce back. And I believe he's 64 yards away from the highest yardage total of his career so far. So, you know, I think going into the season, if we said that MVS would put up over 500 yards, and a couple touchdowns as wide receiver three or four on this team, Packers fans would have taken that. So depending on how many yards he has Sunday, I do think he's going to have a good game. And with Alan Lazard coming back, um, you would think he's going to be playing more Lazard at least um, on Sunday. So MBS as a viable wide receiver three could set a career record in yardage on Sunday. We should go back to our uh, progression regression episode and see what Mm -hmm. we thought MBS would do this season and see how he stacked up. Because I think that, like you said, he's, he's had a much better season than we would have ever predicted in a good way. Yeah. I mean, I think that going into the season there were, especially with Devin Funches before he opted out, to COVID, I think he was at least wide receiver four, maybe wide receiver five, if we thought that EQ was going to come in healthy. So he stepped up and, you know, Aaron Rodgers has said on the Pat McAfee show in his pressers that there are moments on the sideline where he looks at MVS and says, I'm going to need you. We're going to take a deep shot. And MVS has consistently been that guy. And if he's not catching the ball, you know, he's getting PI. So, or he's blocking his off. Yeah, so all really important things for him kind of progressing in this offense. So then let's flip to the 31st ranked offense in uh, points for in the NFL, and that would be the Chicago Bears. Who would be your player to keep an eye on on Sunday? I mean, I think the only player on this team that's, you know, produces no matter who is throwing him the ball is Allen Robinson. And so I think I'd be remiss to not point out that he is, you know, the wide receiver one on that team um, who probably deserved a better career, but he chose it. So he has to lie in the bed that he made, Um, but he hasn't been great the last couple of weeks. Naturally, when the offense falters and the quarterback can't throw the ball, um, then naturally your wide receiver is not going to have great stats, Um, but he still somehow manages to produce Um, Even in those times, even when they're losing, um, he has one of the best catch percentages of the league, the best catch percentage of uncatchable balls, which I think says more about the quarterback than it (laughs) does about him. Um, But he's, you know, he's a guy who can, who can, you know, give this Packers defense a potential run for their money. I fully expect Jair Alexander to be on him for this game. So doubtful that he's going to produce um, much if that's who's trailing him. But regardless, you know, he of course warrants the respect of being the wide receiver one on this team. Yeah. I'm going to take 
uh, David Montgomery. I believe he just got activated um, back from the, was it concussion protocol? Yes. So he is back and healthy. And obviously we've seen a certain running backs give this Packers defense fits. Um, Dalvin Cook, Jonathan Taylor kind of got rolling last week. So depending on what happens, you know, with this, this Bears offense, I think a lot of that kind of could funnel through David Montgomery, especially because we don't necessarily know who the quarterback is going to be on Sunday night quite yet, um, who will be lining up for that, that Bears offense. So, you know, his numbers aren't fantastic this season. And I think a large part of that is due to being on the Bears offense and the struggles that they've had, but he is a talented running back and we've seen what any running back can do against uh, the Packers defense. So hopefully the Packers are sure in their tackles on, uh, on Sunday night. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. They're going to need to be, well, it's something they need to be every week, but it's something they need to work on right now. All right, so then switching to the defensive side of the ball, who would be your Packers player to keep an eye on on Sunday? Um, I think this is a guy that's really stepped up over the last couple of weeks. Um, And, you know, we brought Adrian Amos in last season to be that kind of vet president presence um in that secondary he's a really solid player not typically too flashy by any means but over the last couple weeks pretty much ever since the bye um or since the tampa bay game he's really really shown up um and he plays he's playing with some serious aggression he's actually making tackles he's rallying to the ball wherever that may be he had a sack against houston in an interception against jacksonville so he's starting to really flash more than um i think was to be expected in a good way because we've needed a player to really step up um and I think if if it's him and someone on that defensive line for us that that starts to make those kinds of plays, then it it, it makes our defense better. Um, and so we know that Jair is you know absolutely solid. Um, we know that whoever he is uh, on the field, he's going to not allow any passes. But to have someone like Adrian Amos. Um, you know, back there, he's been playing a lot in the box. I would say actually more where he um, is sort of comfortable and and successful, um, and it's showing. It's showing, and and you see it every week. He's making um, you know one or two pretty splash plays. So I'm looking to him to uh, really solidify uh, against the Chicago Bears' pretty abysmal offense. So it shouldn't be too hard for him to come up with something big. So a little bit of news did break in the middle of recording here, and that's just that the Packers have added um, Montrevious Adams and linebacker James Burgess to injured reserve. So oh. it sounds like the Montrevious Adams uh, toe injury has not, you know, kind of healed up like we thought it would. He was going to be a player that I was keeping an eye on, and then I saw again today that he was a did not participate in practice. So now we know that he's out at least three more weeks with injured reserve. Um, but I think then that kind of segues into another player for me would be Kingsley Kiki and Tyler Lancaster. You can throw him in here to Dean Lowry, but it's really that Packers front seven. Like you kind of mentioned where they need help there, especially Montrevious Adams was probably one of the best run stuffers, maybe outside of Kenny Clark on that team. And now in his absence, I think there's going to be more holes, unfortunately, because when I think of like Kingsley Kiki to me, he's a penetrator. He's not really a run stuffer. So Hopefully Tyler Lancaster can be that guy. Hopefully they can get enough pressure on whoever is the quarterback Sunday that it doesn't necessarily matter. But I think that we're going to need 
um, those big guys in the front seven to, to have a big game on Sunday. Definitely. So we want to flip to the bears defense now, because I guess that's what their, their strengths are. <laughs> we really have opposite strengths. These two teams, yeah. don't we really do. Um, my guy is actually on the um, injury report. So it's, it's definitely TBD. If he plays, he did not participate in Wednesday's practice. Um, we'll see what he does for the rest of the week. But I think that Akeem Hicks is such an integral part of this defensive front for Chicago. And, you know, certainly if we don't have Eddie Jackson and Hicks isn't playing, um, that's a lot fewer guys for the Packers offense to have to worry about. And very, very strong, strong guys on that side of the ball. Um, Akeem Hicks is, you know, top 10 in terms of tackles and sacks this season, according to PFF. So by no means is he, are we going to miss him if he does not play? Um, but it, he's a kind of player for this team that completely changes what they want to do. Um, and will, I think allow the Packers offense to run a little bit smoother. If we just have one less guy up front to worry about when we have also Cleo Mack. Yeah, I love Akeem Hicks. Like he's one of those players that I would want to root so bad for if he wasn't a Chicago Bear. And he's kind of one of those players that you like to hate because that's just his personality. And he is so talented. But I, he was one of my players, and then it was going to be Khalil Mack for obvious reasons. But you know, the last time, actually, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna change it up. I want to talk about Robert Quinn because it feels like we've talked about Khalil Mack before and what he means for this Bears defense, but. You know, Robert Quinn, I thought, was one of the best free agent signings in the league when he came to the Bears. I thought that they got really lucky uh, bringing him in, and he was going to make an already really dominant front seven even better. He's not having, you know, the most jump-off-the-page season. I think they have him on a little bit of a snap count, but he he's still a very talented football player. And like you said, you know, Akeem Hicks is on the injury report whether or not he should be full go, but that kind of trio of Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn is going to be really dangerous. And, you know, we've seen kind of not uneven performances from the offensive line because they've still looked really good, but there have been opportunities against guys like Billy Turner to, to get a couple pressures against Aaron Rodgers, And, you know, this is the team to do it with a really dominant front seven. So hopefully Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack are in check on uh, on Sunday, but they definitely feel like players to keep an eye on for that Bears defense. Definitely. I mean, we've seen what they can do to very good offensive lines. I mean, they really gave Tampa Bay a run for their money. Um, I'll never forget Khalil Mack absolutely just like flipping over Tristan Wirfs. <laughs> like that will be ingrained in my memory. Um, and they're very good at pressuring the quarterback, even if they don't get home. So it's going to be a real a real test for our offensive line. Yeah, I agree. And I'm curious to hear now who maybe your X factor would be. I know I'm flipping, but before we do key matchup, I'm curious about who your X factor would be because I have somebody very specific in mind and I'm curious to see if it's the same person. Um, really, um, for the Packers, mine is Aaron Jones, um, and really just the run game in general. I think we saw us get away from it a little bit against the Colts and you and I ta have talked about this so many times where, when Aaron Jones touches the ball 20 plus times a game, the Packers have yet to lose. Um, and when he gets less than 20 touches, they don't have a winning record. Um, and again, like this is very nitpicking a stat 
you know, to fit a narrative. But I just do think that it's quite telling that when your star running back, you know, gets the touches that he should get um, and you're an evenly balanced between pass and run, uh, the Packers do very well. And and we've seen that Aaron Rodgers this season is phenomenal off of play action. And that is predicated on Aaron Jones being able to run the ball. And everything they do is predicated on motion and Aaron Jones running the ball. So this is not a front that's going to be very easy to run the ball against, I don't think. Uh, but they're not as athletic and speedy as some of the other good fronts that we've seen. So I think that there is a possibility to maybe get some of those outside zone runs or just take Jamal up the gut. Um, but whatever it is, like we need to have our running game consistent throughout this game. Otherwise, it could turn sour for us very quickly. That's funny because the X Factor I was thinking about was for the Bears, but we did match again for the Packers. And A.J. Dillon is still on the COVID reserve list. Um, he has not been elevated off of that yet. But I was kind of thinking in the same vein as you, um, not necessarily Aaron Jones, but Jamal Williams or A.J. Dillon. It's going to be you know, low 30s, high 20s, Sunday night football, Lambeau Field. It's going to be cold. doesn't look like there's snow in the forecast, but it'll be chilly. And I would not want to be trying to tackle Jamal Williams when he's fired up in a really cold weather game. So I think that, you know, that run game, like you said, we haven't seen a ton of success in the run game the last couple of weeks. Obviously the Packers have played close games and, you know, when they're down, they have to turn to the pass, um, which I guess makes some sense, but you know, they've put up some pretty quiet numbers for having Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams in the backfield. So I do agree with you that I think that tandem and, you know, if AJ Dillon comes back, I'd like to see, some more power runs out of him, but I'd, it is a, a test for this run defense, uh, the Bears run yeah. defense, and for this Packers offense to get that run game going because they're going to need it down the stretch. No, absolutely. And I think we'd be remiss to not talk a little bit about a potential X factor on the Bears side, which is, at least for me, like who is going to play quarterback? Because right now, I guess Mitch Trubisky is practicing because Nick Foles is hurt. But mm -hmm. Mitch Trubisky has been on the injury report for quite a bit now. Um, so neither quarterback is is full strength. I don't know who their third string quarterback is. I apologize for not knowing who's on their practice squad. But I think, look, like this offense doesn't run well when they have their quote unquote starter in. If Mitch is coming back, Matt Nagy has said, I guess, in press conferences this week that Apparently Mitch took the time and got improved uh, at his, at his position this in, in ben being benched and et cetera. And he looks great. We've heard this story. We've heard this narrative a million times. I think we know exactly who Mitch Trubisky is and he's a quarterback that this Packers defense can beat. This is probably one of the worst bears offenses that we've seen in quite a long time. And it should be a a game that like our defense should dominate um, no matter who's under center. But right now it looks like it's going to be Mitch. We're very familiar with his strengths and weaknesses. One of which his strengths is running. Um, so he, right. he can use his legs on us for sure. Not great against mobile quarterbacks, I'd say, but again, it's Mitch. Uh, so it's just going to be really interesting who they decide to start under center. Uh, again, I don't think it's going to matter quite all that much, um, but it, it's it's helpful in game planning for sure for for Matt Lafleur to know okay am I going up against Nick Foles or am I going up against Mitch? Yeah, I mean so far Nick Foles has not participated yet in practice this week, and Mitch is a full participant. So I do think it'll be Mitch. And honestly, when they signed Nick Foles, you know I don't necessarily think I don't remember talking about it much, but I don't necessarily think I thought that he made their team any 
better. I mean, I think he's a better pure passer, but like you said, the thing that worries me about Mitch is his legs and he kind of has the ability to extend drives and something that I've wondered. And, you know, I think it was unfortunately bound to happen with how bad this bears offensive line is, is that there's no protection. And when you have no protection on your line, you need a mobile quarterback who can get out of the pocket. And unfortunately, what we saw with Nick Foles is he was not necessarily able to kind of evade the rush. And that's when he ended up getting hurt. And luckily, it wasn't as serious as it looked like with them needing the cart initially. But there is that issue with, okay, now you have somebody more mobile who will kind of be elusive and harder to tackle. But my X factor going into this game was Cordero Patterson because (laughs) we have seen, obviously, this Packers team struggle on special teams especially the last couple of weeks and there's no better returner in the league. So JK Scott, I guess is dealing with some injuries. doesn't look like Tyler Irvin is uh, back yet. So depending on who your gunners are and you know what we've seen out of this special teams unit, the last couple of weeks, you know that that's going to be a point of emphasis this week is keep the ball away from Patterson because we've already seen him score touchdowns this season. I was going to say, I mean, again, and we've also already given up a return for a touchdown, which is not a great look. Are you at all worried that Cordero Patterson could keep this game closer than the Packers would necessarily like it to? I don't, the thing I'm most concerned about, I think is field position because I think that he's going to put them in some very favorable spots and this offense for the bears is bad obviously so you want to start them at their own 20 in their own kind of 30 if he can get them to midfield they can at least theoretically get enough yardage to put up three points consistently so I think to me that's going to be the biggest test as the Packers could be looking at 80 or 90 yard drives and the Bears could be looking at 50 yard drives yeah and that definitely evens the playing field in a way that is not favorable for the Packers yeah so then I guess Key matchups. Who are you looking at this week? Is it a specific player on player or is it more of a positional kind of overview? Definitely positional um, with Corey Lindsley, obviously having an injury that looks to be somewhat, somewhat serious. I'm actually checking now to see if he, if he practiced and it looked like he was in limited participation. So, you know, maybe he will go, maybe he won't. And I know Elton Jenkins did a phenomenal job at center. We had John Runyon Jr. in there last week as well. Um, and they did, they did their job against, against the Colts defense, but just what is this line going to be able to do for Aaron Rodgers and for our offense against the bears front, who is just as good, if not potentially um, a little bit more domineering and, um, that's what I'm just looking at. Like, what's the shuffle going to be? <laughs> who, who are the five going to be that they're trotting out there? Is Corey Lindsay going to play and then have Elton Jenkins go back to, you know, where his natural position is? Is Billy Turner going to be moved around? Um, there's been so much shuffling. And I mean, I think for the most part, they've held up quite well, but you always want everyone to be in their natural positions. So um, especially against a, a front like this. So keeping Aaron Rodgers clean um, and giving him time and space in the pocket is going to be definitely important for us to move the ball. Yeah, and I guess mine's not necessarily a player on player as much as player on scheme. So to me, it's Roquan Smith and the Matt LaFleur motion offense because we've seen kind of what this Packers offense is capable of. And then we've seen against some really good inside linebackers like, you know, Kendricks and Devin white. Um, Rokon Smith is 
is right up there with them. He's quick. He attacks the line of scrimmage. He's able to drop into coverage, whether it's a tight end or running back. So to me, I think that's one of the tests, especially not having Tyler Irvin. And I know that your offense shouldn't be predicated on one player, but he really does make a lot of that motion work. And we've seen MBS do it. We've seen Alan Lazard do it. I think EQ's even taken a couple snaps, but you want your best guys out there. And Tyler Irvin, to me, is one of the better guys in motion. One of my favorite packages that the Packers have trotted out this year was Aaron Jones and Tyler Irvin in motion because you just kind of, they're two different weapons and you never really know where the ball is going. So I think that's going to be one of the matchups is kind of that chess piece of seeing if you can get Roquan Smith off the spot. And, you know, we saw Aaron Rodgers talk about it with um, Leonard in the Colts game saying that he used his eyes to kind of shift the coverage because those inside linebackers, a lot of the times are going to kind of read your eyes. So Roquan Smith is another really good one. And he's, that's, I think what I'm most excited about is how can they kind of manipulate that defense and get him out of his spot. Yeah. And you want to talk about, Good tackling. <laughs> Roquan Smith, I leads yeah. the league in in solo tackles for inside linebackers. Like he is going to when he gets the ball carrier, he's going to bring him down. So yards after the catch are going to be something of a chore if Roquan Smith is coming at you. So Aaron Rodgers is going to have to be like quite accurate also in in you know putting the ball where his man can catch it. Which good thing, good news is something that he's good at. Yeah. So let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. I know you talked about it being a historic night for him. You know, he's like 165 yards shy of 50,000 career yards. Um, The only game this season, I think he's averaging like 288 yards a game, something just ridiculous. That's such a high yardage total. And the only game he's gotten less than 240 yards was the Buccaneers game when he had 160 yards. Um, So 165 yards, super attainable for Rodgers. He might get that in the first half, depending on how things are going for this Packers offense. He's also seven touchdowns away from 400 career touchdowns. And I'm not saying I think that he's going to throw for seven touchdowns on Sunday because that would be absurd, but he does have another kind of record looming and he's 12 interceptions away from 100. So he very likely will be the first quarterback to throw for 400 touchdowns with less than 100 interceptions in the process. So a lot of fun. That is little, insane. A lot of little graphics that are going to be popping up on Sunday night football. If Rogers uh, kind of breaks some of those. I hope that when if and when he reaches his 50,000, the, the guys kind of freak out a little bit for him. I'd, I'd love to see some someone do something special for him. And you know he's like not a flashy, he's a very like demure, reserved yeah. guy. So I doubt that he's going to do anything wild. But I mean, he's got to be feeling like that's just such an incredible milestone. Tim Boyle's responsibility is fully to get that ball and make sure that it can yes. go in a glass case in uh, in the Rogers office, the homestead somewhere, because unless Canton takes it, that's going to be something that he's going to want. So yeah, absolutely. Any final thoughts on the game itself before we kind of segue into score predictions and outcomes of the game? No, I think if you look at these two teams on paper, you like fully expect that the Packers are going to win this game. But at the same time, divisional games are always super wonky. Like you said, it's going to be cold. This defense is great. Record doesn't necessarily indicate the way that a team is going to come in and play. And you know that the Bears are going to come in with all of the energy ready to spoil the Packers season and, you know, winning and stats and everything. So, um, 
you know, I just think that it's going to be a lot closer than I think you or I or any fan sitting on a couch is going to be like comfortable with. Yeah. And I mean, if you look at, I know that they started five and one and now they've kind of snowballed and they've lost their last four, but their losses have come against the Colts, the Rams, the Saints, the Titans and the Vikings. And those are very good football teams. I mean, he's just lost to the Cowboys. So not really thinking that they're going to make the playoffs any longer, but that's theoretically four playoff teams. So even though the bears aren't looking that good on offense, their defense will consistently keep them in the game. So you know that they're not out of it. They're only two games behind in the NFC North. So obviously this is important for the Packers to try and pull away with that three game, three games of separation with only five games to go. And of course the bears want to cut that to a one game lead. Um, Knowing of course that that matchup could come down to, or playing spoiler, I guess, uh, week 17 when they play for the last time. Um, so then I guess the last question is, what's your final score look like here? Well, I think that the Packers uh, have consistently put up 30-plus points, and they did it against the Colts as well. So I, I don't think that this is going to be like a superbly low-scoring game by any means, but I'm I'm seeing this as like a 33-28. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, my uh, my score was twenty seven seventeen. Um, I just I don't know. It just the Bears aren't putting up a ton of points, and I guess maybe the rationale there would be that this is the Packers' defense, and it's not as good as some of the defenses that the Bears have already played. So maybe they will put up more points. But twenty seven seventeen seems kind of likely. I guess even like thirty twenty four thirty twenty. Um, but I don't think we're going to see a last second field goal or anything that is going to decide the game like we did last week. I hope not. I don't want to be as anxious as I was watching this game as I was last week. Uh, yeah, that one was hard. That one just kind of, kind of slipped away and that was tough to watch, but should, it'll be a, it'll be a good game. It's, I know a lot of people have animosity going into bears week and it's, it's a rivalry and, it's historic and you know, you're supposed to hate the teams in your division, but I've always kind of had this weird, quiet respect for the Chicago bears and George Hallis and the history and like the Vikings. I hate, I hate the Vikings. Well, I think but. the bears are an original franchise, just like the Packers are. And they've been around for over a hundred years. And it's a, it's a rivalry that is respected by both franchises and the NFL at large. And so whenever these two teams get together, it doesn't matter who's good, who's bad, who's going to the playoffs, who's not. It's always just like very good football. Yeah. So then I'm springing this on you, but since we are dropping the episode on Thanksgiving, are you a fan of Packers games on Thanksgiving? Yes or no? Not at all. No. I want to enjoy my Thanksgiving, watch football that I doesn't make me stressed out. I know the Packers and the Lions used to play on Thanksgiving a lot when I was younger, and that was always fun to watch with my dad and my grandpa. But now that I am more attuned to the league and care a little bit more than when I was a little kid, I would rather just watch meaningless games. Yeah. I mean, the Packers haven't played on Thanksgiving since the 2015 uh, Bears game that ruined their uh, homecoming with Favre and Star in the pouring range, the abysmal weather that they had. So it's been kind of a nice reprieve. And when I used to be around all of my family on Thanksgiving, I did not like having Packers games. But now that I have more quiet Thanksgiving with, with my immediate family, sometimes I miss those games. It's been five years. So, you know, I'm kind of feeling like we'll get one next year. It's been a long time and the Packers are going to be, of course, another hot team next season. So 
I, but I will say that I think one of my favorite all-time matchups is, of course, the Cowboys in Washington because that's just such a good rivalry. And I've always said that Thursday night football games should be saved for division games because they just Absolutely. mean more. Absolutely. And we're going to get that on, on Thanksgiving. So, Except for the Lions and Texans, which is just weird. That is weird. But the Lions always play on Thanksgiving, so I think right. it's tradition. I am a little bummed, to be honest, that the Steelers-Ravens game is getting flexed out to Sunday, obviously, given how many COVID cases and contact tracing they need to do. It makes sense. But that would have just been such a good, yeah. good, good Thursday night game, like ultimate rival interdivisional game. Yeah. And I get the Steelers fans' disappointment as well because it's prime time. It was at Heinz field i believe it was a steelers home game and they already kind of lost their bye week given it always seems to be that the steelers are affected by weird covid instances with other football teams so i get the frustration there but you know they're still gonna win on sunday so i don't really get why they're uh yeah i think think they will too yeah for sure all right so perry if everybody listening wants to find your work on social media how can they do that um, you can follow me at Perry underscore Goldstein on Twitter. Um, Maggie and I do happy hour every Monday night with Game On Wisconsin. Uh, every other Sunday or every other Monday, I should say, for me with Pack-A-Day. And then you can find me from time to time with Packer Report and Ra's I'm doing game recaps and previews. This week it was with Dusty Evely, and I'm sure that it was phenomenal because Dusty is phenomenal. So take a listen. Yeah, Dusty is phenomenal. I love Dusty. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. I write two articles a week for Cheesehead TV. I am with the Thursday Pack-A-Day podcast crew, so you'll be able to hear a double header of me this week on Thanksgiving. Um, and then, obviously, Pack's What She Said, where we have lovely merchandise, so make sure that you check that out. The link to purchase is in our Twitter bio. Um, perfect gift for anybody in your life. Uh, Thank you, as always, for listening to the show. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.